0: Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with
1: Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should.
0: With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much
1: more in you. Woo! Candace, it <laughs> is hot in here. See what I did there? It's hot. We're in summer well, you heat. said
0: woo. woo! Woo! I don't think we've ever started an episode off with woo!
1: <laughs> I've awoken everybody that's listening to our show. How are you doing, Candace?
0: Woo! Well, I'm doing woo is how I'm doing. I'm doing woo. It's getting well. We're in, in the there. middle.
1: We are in the middle of our summer heat series, and I'm excited to yeah, bring in our guests that we have today. I, I say we just jump into it, not waste any time. Um, yeah. it's going to be a great episode. Power, powerful ball of fire. How's that to set that up? I can't
0: even wait. Maybe you've seen her Instagram handle raised to stay. She is a pastor's kid turned pastor. Her name is Natalie. She's got a husband named Tony and they have two daughters. They live in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where they are served. They have served as pastor of women and worship pastor. And in her 20 years of ministry as a song leader, a worship leader, songwriter, and pastor, Natalie has served in various organizations and ministries across the country now the the great thing is in t- 2019, after watching many of her peers walk away from the church and their faith, Natalie began raised to stay. It's a ministry for those who have wandered and wrestled with the church and the challenges of full-time ministry. know anybody like that, Jenny? you know anybody <laughs> like that in your life? I think, I think we've talked like, about
1: we've had right. like twenty seven million episodes on this very topic that's why I'm right so
0: excited. right. I love this because she's known for her black boxes of hard truth on social media for the church and church leaders. And I'm, I'm going to want her to describe that phrase, her black boxes of hard truth. I think that's such a captivating phrase. We're going to elaborate that here in a minute, a little bit more on that. Um, her heart is to see a generation finish their race as they partner with a good father who's faithful to complete the work he began in each of us. Now, she's a sought-out speaker and writer. We know these kind of people. We love these people, and uh, both in the local and global church. And writing for She Reads Truth and other Christian publications, her debut book, Raised to Stay, published with David C. Cook, will be available in the summer of 2023, I believe July 4th. So it's coming up pretty soon. Go ahead and Mm -hmm. pre-order that. Before you even hear the conversation, you're going to love her and you're going to want to get on. Amazon, wherever books are sold right now online and pre-order. And then um, you can find her on Instagram at race to stay pre-order her book and other major retailers. will have it there as well. But y'all welcome to the show. Our new friend of shut the shut up. Natalie, Natalie. We're so glad you're here. Yes. I'm so glad to be here. here. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. (sighs) Well, we're excited that you're here because you are ruffling some feathers and you're causing some incredible conversation online. And if people don't follow you, I'm just going to start with this right now. Do what, if you're driving, don't do this. But like, if you're just listening, (laughs) you can listen at the same time, swipe out of this podcast, go over to Instagram and follow at Raise to stay. Just start perusing her content. If you're not already a follower, because you say some hard hitting truths, and you describe it as black boxes of hard truth. What does that mean? You know in 2019
2: i hit the worst part of ministry that i'd ever had in my life which is saying a lot being that i was a pastor's kid for my whole childhood mm-hmm. and then went into vocational ministry in my 20s so at 40 years old wow. hitting this like moment of truth with the Lord and being like, you know what, if this is the church, no, thank you. If this is what leadership looks Mm. like um, to always be getting hurt, no, thank you. And the Lord dropped this phrase raised to stay into my spirit, like on a a walk with the dog on a summer day in 2019. And Mm. I went home and I Googled the phrase raised to stay. And there's nothing, there's not a blog, there's not anything called raised to stay. And so I knew the Lord had given me something and it was really just, crazy. Cause I got on Canva and I made my first like post for social media on my personal account. And I, I put the church did not hurt you. A few broken people did don't give up. You were raised to stay. And I wrote it on a black box with white writing and just threw it onto my Instagram account. And every day I just started writing something that I needed to tell myself not to quit. And that's mm. how the whole thing started was just mm. me going on social media and being like, okay, if I feel this way, maybe other people do too. And then those black boxes just kind of stuck, which is weird because I'm not a black person, like a black and white person. I'm like a neon 1980s kid. So like the fact yes. that it black and white is weird. But a friend called me in, uh, in, from New York and he said, Natalie, I think it's interesting that you chose these black boxes because the only time we hear that phrase black box is on airplanes. Mm the plane is about to go down, the black box records everything that's happening to teach those pilots something not to do for the next thing. And he's wow. saying, "That's kind of what you're doing for the church is you're writing out prophetically what's happening in the church. And hopefully we're going to learn from this season of deconstruction.
0: My goodness, my goodness. Okay. So let's recap just small just real small. You've had a revelation from the Lord that you were about to give up. And you said, if this is it, I don't want to be a part of it. And in your, in your musings, and your normal, just walking your day-to-day walking, the Lord gave you something. You decided to just post about it in a little black box. And now you've got people rushing to watch these black boxes because you're preaching to the preacher. A lot of times we hear preach to the choir. I love preaching to the choir, but I like even more when people preach to the preacher, you know, it's, it's, of value when you're saying something to yourself that your heart needs to hear as well. And I think that this is why, um, not just, uh, you know, social media growth is happening and attention is happening and people are coming in. I think that it's because when you see somebody be raw and real in a place that's vulnerable, people jump to that. They, they gravitate towards it, especially in a season, like you said, of deconstruction and, I got to tell you, those black boxes, when they come across my Instagram, I stop every time. I'm like, oh, it's a carousel of black boxes. I need to read them all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I think that like authenticity is something that I really lacked seeing from adults as a young person growing up. And had I had someone like us in my life, in my 20s, I might have not made might might have not made some of the mistakes that I made in ministry, especially growing up in the nineties when celebrity culture was at its height. And so really for me, it's just like, I am trying to be what I needed. I'm trying yeah. to be what, you know, I would have needed as a young person in ministry. And I just wanted transparency and authenticity. Not everybody looking like they had their crap together.
0: Mm-hmm. Gosh, gosh, it's so good. Um, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I took one of your black boxes and I have a mutual friend with yours that she'll name unnamed. And I mm-hmm. shared this with a, new, a mutual friend of yours and mine. And I said, hey, was Natalie speaking to both of us today? And I want just, to just share with you. This is one of your black boxes that you posted recently. And you just said, hey, go to bed and give them to God. And I was like, okay. Well, I'm tired, so that sounds inviting. Thank you, amen. (laughs) And then I start reading. And if you don't mind, I just want to read one of these black boxes to let us see what it's like. Um, But you basically said this caption. Ministry can often feel like 80% relational chaos and 20% winning imaginary arguments in the shower with our godly rhetoric. Want some free pastoral advice? Go to bed and give them to God. The friend who hasn't texted you back The family member who thinks you're in a cult, the ministry leader who hurt you three years ago, the guy who cut you off on Highway 5 last year on December 4th, release them. (laughs) You won't actually say the things you rehearsed as you aggressively shampooed your hair or applied the third layer of mascara. You know how I know this? Because you love people even though you're angry. You're mad because you're hurt and anger is much easier emotion to validate than pain. Expressing anger makes us feel strong. Admitting hurt makes us appear weak. The enemy wants us up all night fighting the wrong enemy, each other. Hmm. He wants our stomachs in knots when we think about a brother or sister and our anxiety through the roof and our minds twisted with high things and vain imaginations. Go to bed tonight, blessing those who have cursed you throw on some worship music and play a little candy crush until you fall asleep dreaming of sweet things. Mm -hmm. God has you. God has them. And he loves you both. If we're going to do this ministry thing well, we have to know when to fight and when to rest. And I have good news for you. God says to cast our cares on him for he cares for us. And he says he will fight for us if we will just be still. So go to bed, family. God wrestles wars and reveals as we rest i'm telling you this word it it feels like a fresh encounter on things that have been long foretold and honestly what it reminded me of the other night when i saw your post natalie was king josiah he had been in this whole succession of ministry leaders of kings of people trying to find god And he was eight years old and found the word and the revelation once again. And he read it to all the people and everybody changed. And that's kind of what I see the Lord doing through this is is just saying, you've forgotten. You've forgotten that this is the heart of who I am. And once again, with fresh eyes, let's reread and let's tackle these topics that are, they're killing you mentally, physically exhausting you for no good reason. And they're causing you to deviate and leave. It, it makes me
2: emotional to hear it, like hear the words read back, because
0: mm.
2: I write them in such a vulnerable place. Now I know we're on a show that says "should" instead of the other word, and so just a little insight: <laughs> I I do write these black boxes on the toilet ninety percent of the time because it's really yes. the only place that I have like quiet, right? Because I have children, right. and that's just my reality. It's but the
1: throne room of the Lord.
2: It is the throne room. God <laughs> God meets us there. Won't he do it? Um, I think people think I sit and I, I spend hours like mulling over these words, but really it's like (laughs) sitting in my car and just like having this, it's out with the Lord and being like, Mm. like Psalm 10 where David's like, why do you keep letting the wicked win? And why aren't you showing up in my life? And, um, I write these black boxes from such a, on impulse, a lot of times just based off of what is happening in my life. And here I'm read back. It's like, man, I remember where I was in my life when I wrote that black box and how I had to say that to myself, like, go to bed, you shall go to sleep and you will not uh, worry about waking up because the Lord sustained you. And he, uh, we don't have to be afraid of the tens of thousands drawn up on our every side. Like I just had to keep writing those things to remind myself that we're going to be okay. Like we really are going to be okay, but you're right. We've gotten away from the basics of who Jesus is and what his word says. And we're raising kids on hot takes and Instagram hot takes and, and people, other people's offenses. And we're carrying so much weight that God never even asked us to carry as his Mm -hmm. people because we're in the social media life where we're just letting other people pile stuff onto us. And then we wonder why we can't run our own race. And, and for me, it's like, these black boxes for me are just like, Hey guys, let's remember who Jesus is and what his word says. And if we can just go back to that, we will build a church that Jesus would want to be part of.
1: Yeah. I, Oh, I love what you're doing because you're, you're like the friend we all need to call us out on our crap, but then be like, let's go, let's go to the party anyways, like show up. And then you just douse people with encouragement. And you yeah. are such a prophetic yeah. voice. And when I say the word prophetic, I mean, encouraging, comforting, edifying, you're, you're building up the body, like you said, to, to walk in the fullness of what God has for us, like, and we need you. So I'm so excited mm. for your book that's coming out soon. All right. So, okay. Is your book all the black boxes in one spot, or is it more expansive on stories with your ministry life and then encouraging people? Like, Tell us about your book, Raised to Stay.
2: It it would have totally been easy just to have taken the black boxes and made a book out of it because I had Mm. so much content. And so the, the lazy way to have done it would have just been to throw these black boxes in. But I really felt like the Lord was asking me to go back and to tell my story of what happened to my family Um, so the book starts out with the hurt and I tell my Mm -hmm. own church hurt story. Um, then we go to the hard and we look at the disciples and we look at people in the Bible who Mm -hmm. had to like keep taking up their cross once Jesus ascended into heaven and, and finish what God started. I mean, can you even imagine like disciples Mm -hmm. are like, we're going to be with Jesus for the rest of our life. And then (laughs) Jesus is like, peace out guys. I'll see you on the other side. And Oh, by the way, go and make disciples. And they're like, what? So it's like, talk about losing a leader and still having to do your job. Mm. Like let the disciples be a warning to all of us that we can lose a leader and still be on mission. Right. And Mm. so then I go into, um, the holy, which is just the holiness of staying. What does it mean to abide Mm. in Christ? And then finally, just the, the hope that we have. And I tell a, a story of how that church hurt that happened to me when I was 18, how it was reconciled, but not until I was 41. Mm-hmm. and how we will never see God reconcile his people if we quit. And so why we need to stay rooted in, uh, and established in Christ so we can see him finish what he started. So the book um, does include some original black boxes from that first year, but um, it's basically brand new content.
1: Mm. I'm so excited for it. You, so you're, what I see you doing, and what it sounds like your book is doing as well, you're pastoring people, to stay and, it, and inadvertently teaching the, di, the difference between church hurt via abuse, right? And then this is my own preference because you know, a lot of times people will be to church, but mm. like, oh, I didn't like the song, I'm gonna go church shopping now, like <laughs> you know, like whatever he said, this so I'm out. And there, it's I feel like it's a fragile line, but I've seen you do yeah. this through your black boxes, and it sounds like through your book, you're pastoring. People to really discern, like, okay, this this is abuse. And you might not be specifically saying that in your book, but this is abuse, this is hurt, this is like the line that has been crossed. And then okay, stay there because now you're just speaking from preference and this is what you think is right. And that's not always the case. And how often do we in our own humanity just be like, I'm out because they didn't have children's church today or somebody, they change a program at church and then you think the world's over and it's like, gosh, that's not what it's, that's not what family is.
2: Well, no. And it's not like I'm the originator of this. I mean, Amy Grant wrote a song in the eighties called fat baby, you know, I mean, (laughs) one of my first (laughs) church
0: solos.
2: <laughs> I'm calling. <laughs> started. I'm eight years old. I'm calling you all out. I'm singing my first solo, and it's fat baby. I've been out.
0: baptized, sanctified, redeemed <laughs> by blood. His daily devotions are stuck in the mud.
2: Okay.
1: Oh okay. my gosh, you Love just
2: like, so speak my language. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> like she called it out, man. Like we got a bunch of fat babies sitting in pews, and right. when the milk's not warm, they're like, "I'm gonna go look for a cow down the street." And it's like, come yeah. on now, like. Yeah. But I also like, feel like I want to make, be very clear about this. Celebrity culture did enable abuse. Mm. So I want to be very Mm. clear that when we put performers in suits and called them pastors, we opened up the door for abuse because now we have people who think that they are untouchable in positions because their church needs butts, budget, and buildings. And so because of that, then people have become collateral damage. So I just want to say that abuse is real because of what we chose. We chose the kings we put in position. Now, Mm -hmm. thank God that he Mm -hmm. can set kings up and set them down. And I Mm -hmm. do believe that through the hashtag church to hashtag me to the things that are happening in certain denominations and organizations, we are seeing some of those people being sat down and corrected and hopefully put in prison for those who need to go to prison. However, when it comes to everyday church life, Mm -hmm. I would say if you have not been abused, so we're going to put the abuse category out of this. Mm -hmm. If you have not been abused, I would say that offense is actually the pandemic of the church right now. Mm. So,
0: then, oh, wait, 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 wait! We've got to let that just soak for a second. Yeah. Offense is the pandemic of the church right now. Absolutely, we wow. have
2: just picked up every offense. Now, here's the difference between church wow. abuse and church hurt. Church abuse and church hurt happens to us. The difference between church abuse and church hurt and offense is that we pick up offense. So. Mm. The abuse and the hurt happens to us, and it will. If you are in church for any hot second, you're going to be hurt by the church. Just, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be really honest with you. Because you can only be hurt by people you've loved. So congratulations, mm-hmm. you have loved people. And guess what? When you love people, you're going to hurt people, and you're going to be hurt, wow. just hands mm-hmm. down. Um, but I would rather get to heaven and be told I love too much than that I didn't love enough. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm mm-hmm. willing to take that risk. But offense is something that we pick up. It's something that we choose to carry and offense is sin on both the one who offends and the one who picks up the offense. So now we're dealing with Christians who don't know how to bear each other's burdens, but we will pick up each other's offenses. And Mm -hmm. that's where I am just so convicted about the church right now is that we have no idea how to wrestle with people who lose a spouse, who lose a child, who are going through a divorce, who are wrestling with identity or gender, but we will definitely pick up somebody's offense if somebody at the church says something that we don't like. Mm. And so we've just lost our way as the body of Christ, and now we're just a mm. bunch of offended people sitting in pews waiting to be offended again. Um, mm. And and that's where we're sinning. That's where I think the Lord
0: we're not going to command His blessing
2: because we can't be in unity when we're carrying offense.
0: You want to know something crazy that I just learned this week? Um, I. I am on a self-discovery and not just self-discovery, but through therapy and counseling as well with my ADHD as a grown up. You know, I I didn't know I had it for all these years. And now that I do, I'm learning, learning. And one of the things that I was told in my last therapy session was, Candice, how much do you love to argue? And I was like, well, let's not bring that up. You know, and they're like, no, I mean, like, how much do you love it? Like, you really love it, not just kind of like it, but love it. And I'm like, oh man, I love to win. I was like, I love to win a good argument. I I keep a record of wins. Some people keep a record of, of wrongs of other people. I don't care. I just want to know how many times I've won. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I won that one. I won that, remember? Um, so much so that my husband and I have a game that we play that we can shut down any argument by one of us saying, I win. Like, it shuts down the argument. We can't talk anymore. <laughs> And we just made that a rule early on. And we're like, hey, okay, that'll shut it down, you know, when we get too heated. And so I, I told her, I said, I absolutely love it. And she goes, I need to tell you that ADHD people struggle with the effects of dopamine that come up and, and surge when you're in an argument. Like you actually, in, in your arguing, feel so much better. And you calm. And it's almost like you, you give coding to this ADHD that's raging. And she said, you you basically just take this dopamine rush of trying to win an argument and it literally causes things neurologically to just calm in you. And And I'm sitting here wondering, not saying that everybody that's causing an argument online, but I'm wondering if we're all addicted just a little tiny bit to the way that we feel when we start arguing and not even caring about the things that we're arguing for. I think it's funny that you say you pick up a fence. Yeah, you pick up a fence, but what if you're not even picking up something worth fighting for? What if you're just picking up the desire to fight because it makes you feel better? I mean, there are things that God needs to do in us to give us that feeling versus us trying to manipulate it and control it and manifest a feeling and, and a move of God that makes us feel joyful, complete, hopeful, instead of us actually leaning onto the wisdom of God and prayer and finding him in those places where he says, this is right and good and pleasing to me.
2: Absolutely. And I wonder too, if it's that people just want to feel heard and they Mm. have felt neglected and they have felt Mm. unseen and they have felt like their voice hasn't mattered. And now they found this platform where they can say what they want behind their keyboard and engage with people that otherwise would never have had their audience. You know, and, Mm -hmm. and so I just wonder how much of this is just broken people needing to be validated, um, which is why I don't argue. I say that I don't negotiate with terrorists, but really what I'm saying is I'm not going to argue with hurt people because hurt people are not healthy. And so until people become healthy and whole and the Holy spirit and know his word, I can't, why would I fight someone who's broken? That's not fair.
0: Um, yeah. Um,
2: And so I just try to go at it towards empathy 100%. Like, man, I'm sorry that something in your life has made you this way, um, but I'm not going to expend my energy arguing with someone who just wants to be heard. That's not my job in your life, you know?
1: Yeah. What's your hope for the church? How's that for a loaded question?
0: Wow. That's, wow.
1: Well, I'm going to see where she takes it. I feel good about it.
2: You know... (laughs) I feel like there's a radical remnant rising. Okay. Mm. See, I knew she had it. I I, knew she had it. I have this hope (laughs) that we're all going to look around one day, like the feeding of the 5,000 and we're going to see the leftovers. And we're going to realize that we, as the leftovers are about to be part of a miracle. And that if we'll just let the Lord collect us and put us in a basket, That he'll do what he does like artists do with stained glass windows. He'll throw us into this beautiful mosaic of brokenness. And then his Holy Spirit is just going to shine through us and people will travel thousands of miles to sit in the presence of God through broken people. Mm -hmm. And if we as the church can understand that brokenness is beautiful and that this radical remnant is going to be made up of people who have been hurt and and betrayed and had to walk out a lot of offense and a lot of hurt, but that God has used those um, ashes and made something beautiful, that's my hope, is that the church will actually rise up and be that last day remnant that we have been praying for and that we won't be a bunch of weak people because of what happened to us. The hurt, the betrayal, whatever, but that we will be so strong that all we'll have to do is just stay in position and let the Holy Spirit shine through us and He'll do the rest. Mm.
1: You, oh gosh, I love you. <sighs> you're you're breaking, you're breaking off performance, you're breaking off people pleasing, mm. and you're calling the church into this deep authenticity. Uh, and demonstration where we are weak, right? God is strong. He, we, when we say, God, help us, like he's going to move and minister through our lives. And you're really pioneering. I mean, it's not a new concept, right? But with the things where we see in the church, you're really pioneering this beautiful movement of, of the father's love. Like, come on, sign me up for that.
0: I think it's wonderful how God already sets up in the hearts of people the words and the ability to have voices in the wilderness to speak truth when there's otherwise something that diverts us from the truth. You know, I I see, like you said early on in this episode, as we're interviewing you, it's, it's for a generation, it's for a time such as this, where there is deconstruction happening, a lot of what ifs? What if I wasn't raised like this? What if the church didn't do this? What if I hadn't experienced this? Would I be better off for it? And just the simple phrase of raised to stay, it shows the heart of the Father say, that I've, I've been seeing, not just in this generation. Listen, we can have eyes to see what's happening in current times, but when you take a whole and a holistic view of Scripture, this has been the plot of our God since Genesis it is it is his people stay with me let me be your god i will lead you i will i will bring you into a promise i will give you victory i will i will give you a blessing upon your children and their children like i am for you stay with me stay with me and over and over we see account after account of people groups saying you're not enough this god's enough this land is better. This had garlic. This had yummy bread. You don't have that. What do you got? You got out here some locusts and honey. That sucks. You know what I mean? Like It's, it's, it's manna. What is manna? And we're sitting here saying, God, really, are we raised to stay with you? Are, are we willing to be your people and you are God? And I think just like Joshua said, right now, Consecrate yourselves. Make the decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I think this is really what your ministry is. It's a herald out to the entire people of God around the world saying, will you stand up and say, as for me, I will serve the Lord. He's mine. I'm my beloved. He is mine. No matter what's happened to me, no matter what's going to happen, no matter what the days hold today, I belong to him. Yes. And he's enough. He's enough. Yeah, it's oh, beautiful, and
2: you know, if raised to abide look good on a t-shirt, I guess I I could have called this raised <laughs> to abide, you know. But John fifteen in John fifteen mm. in the New Living Translation, I think the word remain remain mm. in me is said about thirteen times throughout the course mm. of that he is constantly saying, remain in me, stay in me. You know, our father, mm-hmm. he's the one who's going to prune us, but he is then going to produce good fruit. But the mm-hmm. only way we can produce good fruit and guys, good fruit is good songs, good messages, the way we love our neighbor, the way we raise our kids, the way we pray, the way we, fa- mm-hmm. I mean, Good fruit is everything that we do from the time our feet hit that floor Mm -hmm. until the time that we go to bed at night and the Lord begins to prophetically give us dreams and visions (laughs) like good fruit can only come from remaining in him, staying in him, holding on to him. So raised to stay is not about staying in toxic churches. It's not about staying under leadership. That's not healthy. It's saying, as for me in my house, not because leaders failed me, not because churches are good, not because people are great, but because right. of who my God is, as for me and my house, we're going to stay, and we're going to serve the Lord. Man, so
0: good. Here's the, here's the thing that I do know, and I know our time is running short on this episode, but I just got to point this out. We, we are such a fickle people and that has not changed. And we are so quick and reactionary to our circumstances, more than our hope and our faith. I think that's why we put hope and faith on jewelry and t-shirts to remind us that we got to have it because it's the things that we can't see. It's the things that we have to believe deep down in the recesses of who we are, even when the circumstances around us change. And somebody that says vehemently, I'm raising my family, myself to stay with the Lord has to be a person of, of substance that is found not in your circumstances, but in the hope and the faith that you carry. And I see that you carry that well. You herald it well. And I cannot wait to read your book because I'm gonna find it in the pages of your book written beautifully. I know I'm I'm like, um, hello, Ark. I need to have one of those. I will send you one. And I'm gonna buy like five more to give away. So don't worry, I'll give you money as well. (laughs) 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 But I'm telling you, I wanna I I am wanting to be a part of whatever God's doing through your life because I see such a genuine reflection of of the father's heart for his people. And I'm I'm grateful for voices like yours right now. And we couldn't have had a better person to have on for summer heat for people to understand and get fired up about their relationship with the Lord as well. And maybe some of our listeners, can I take a second just to talk to you? Maybe you don't want to stay. Oh, man. Maybe you don't. Maybe today was the day that you were going to give up on all of it. And you're like, one last Christian stupid podcast just because I like these girls because they almost cuss, right? <laughs> and then you hear this and you turn it on and you're sitting here going, okay, God's better. God's better than what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you listening that that you can abide, you can remain, and you can, you can turn to the Lord at any given moment and make that choice. And right now he is waiting for your yes and he'll follow it with a yes and amen. Amen. So, So be encouraged y'all. And uh, don't forget to check out Natalie Runyon and follow her on at race to stay. Natalie, is there anywhere else that we can reach you and connect with you?
2: You know, we have Facebook accounts too, under race to stay Mm -hmm. and under my name, Natalie Runyon. Um, You know, that's kind of it. I, um, when I say that this is grassroots, uh, I am not a slick marketer. I am literally (laughs) just like all the rest of us holding on one more day Day by day, <laughs> grace by grace. So yeah, Instagram power power. and social media, best best place to find me. <laughs> it's awesome.
1: Hey, will you do a quick 30-second prayer over the one that's like battling a fence right now? Absolutely. Mm. Thank you.
2: God, we just thank you, Lord, that you say that your burdens are light. God, that the things that you ask us to carry are not heavy. And so I pray for those, Lord, who are just sitting in a place of offense. They can't let go of the person who hurt them or they can't let go of the stories that they've heard. Lord, I pray that you would just cleanse our hearts. God, give them just the purity of heart, Lord, when they think about you and when they think about your church. God, lift that heaviness off, Lord, and let today be a day that they walk in freedom. Let today be a day that they release all of those offenses and begin to experience your true joy that is unspeakable and full of your glory, not what's happening on this earth, God, but a glory that comes comes from you that cannot be explained. And so I just pray for joy to rise up to every listener in this place, God, that there would just be um, a heart lift Lord, that they haven't experienced in a long time. And that when they think of you, they would think of you with gladness. And when they think of the church wow. that they would think of you, of you and the church as just as pure Lord in a fresh start. God, you make everything new every morning. And so I pray that today would be a fresh start in Jesus mm. name. Amen. Amen. amen.
0: Yes and amen.
1: All right, our friends, kick your Woo! shitty little offenses out the door. We'll see you next week. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the
0: stars. If there's one thing you're going to shud yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.